Hello, and welcome into the Internalin podcast, Internalin show, something like that, presented by Loon State Sports. It is 6.45 Eastern. Uh, I'm in the car on I-95, somewhere uh, somewhere in North Carolina, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I started this morning in Orlando, Florida. Or in Davenport, Florida, I guess. Close enough. I've been driving for 10 hours. Um, and I think I have like 3 hours left. I've tried everything to uh, <clears throat> to um, occupy myself. Listen to podcasts. Listen to music. Call people. Eat. Just, just drive and not do any of those things run out of ideas um so I'm about, I'm about to make a podcast I guess uh, about sports just to keep keep myself awake more than anything for our new listeners uh, actually that doesn't make any sense because um I've done this before but nobody would have heard it that it would be listening to Loon State Sports so I did it before once when I drove from uh Chicago to Minneapolis at Starting at 4 in the morning I Starting at like 4.30 I turned on the voice memos And just went to town Is this even recording? Yeah it is Okay cool um, Just turned on the voice memos And just went to town For like two hours Just driving And I was sleep deprived And um, Sort of delirious And um, Just spewing random stuff Out of my Out of my dome Um I'm not as sleep deprived this time I feel actually pretty fine I am tired of being on the road This is exhausting But uh, I figured I'd do the same thing Because I'm like Very very bored At this point I've listened in, I've listened to an entire an, The entire Keith Urban's Greatest Hits All 18 songs On CD I listened to all of that Just all the way through now And I was not about to do that again I was also not about to listen to my Luke Bryan Born Here, Live Here, Die Here CD Because I've heard that actually a million times So, uh, what am I going to talk about in this podcast? It's a great question Um, Oh, by the way, I started yesterday in Miami And I'm eventually going to get to New York Which, driving that distance is certainly a choice I made and it's uh I don't know if it was a great one but um yeah I'm driving to New York I'll end up there tomorrow then on Wednesday I'm taking a flight home for uh Loon Beast's bachelor party and then when that's over at the end of the weekend I'm taking a flight back to New York for uh this music thing I'm doing up there That's why I'm driving up there in the first place But Anyway um, <clears throat> I'm going to go over my thoughts On each of the four major professional sports teams From Minnesota um, I'm going to preface this by saying um, I don't think I've ever known less about sports Or like ever been less plugged in To the sports world than I am right now I just, uh, like a week ago, got back from like a month in Italy. So obviously I wasn't watching anything. 
Uh, didn't even watch like the NBA Finals because I couldn't because it was um, it was like nighttime when the games were playing. Didn't watch the U.S. Open for golf, which is you know all that sucked. But um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not plugged in at all. Also, the NBA Finals feels like so long ago, but it was only I guess a month ago now. But anyway. Uh, that's just a little disclaimer. I don't know anything right now. Um, I think when I was 12 years old, I knew more about sports than I do now. Um, actually, that's, like, completely true, because that's probably the only thing in the world that I knew when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. I knew, like, more about sports than probably anyone, because um, that's all I did. That's all I thought about it was just... I used to read, like, the Sports Almanac... Like, you know, the ones you can get from the library that are, like, this year in sports. And then it's just, like, it'd be, like, 2007 in sports. And then it's just every regular season and playoff score from every single game of... They have, like, an NFL section, an MLB section. just And it's just... Every, like, MLB section was 162 games for 30 teams all in there. Um, which, to do the math, is, like, 100 and... So wait, 390 games? Um, wait, I didn't do that right. Whatever. Who cares? <clears throat> Three times 16. 48, 480 games. And I would just sit there reading the scores. Um, and it, I don't think I remember any of them, actually. But um, but that's, that's the type of stuff I was doing when I was 12 years old. So I guess... Um, yeah, that's all to say I'm not doing that anymore. I haven't probably watched a sport in a while now because couldn't when I was in Italy. And Oh, I did watch um, just this past week. There's been not really nothing because it's the middle of summer. But <clears throat> just this past week I watched uh, Victor Wenbanyama's uh, debut, Summer League debut. I love the Summer League, by the way. It means nothing, but it's just like basically college all-star teams. Um, so you're like, oh, I knew it. I remember that guy from this team from college. Or I remember that guy played it like a low-key win off in a March Madness game that he lost in the first round or something like that. And then he's just like on the bench of the Charlotte Hornets um, summer league team or something like that. But obviously you also get to see like the new rookies and stuff like that, and that's exciting. And they usually play horrible. Like I remember I watched Lonzo's year of summer league, whatever year that was, probably summer of 16, summer 17. I was working at the window factory, so it would have been summer of 17. Because um, I remember, like, looking up his stats the next morning or something like that on my break at the window factory. Anyway, I remember that summer he played horrible. I think he had two points on, like, one of ten shooting or something like that. Or it was like he didn't make a field goal and he just had two free throws or something like that. Um, his first summer league game. And everybody's like, oh, it's the shoes, because that was when the Zotus were out. And then later, especially the first game, everybody plays horrible. Um, Lonzo played horrible the first game. And then I think he ended up winning Summer League MVP because he, like, averaged a triple-double the rest of the way and had, like, a 30-point triple-double at some point wearing, like, the James Harden ones. Um, Yeah, so that was just cool to see everybody freak out and, what was the point here? Oh, the point is that uh, usually the number one picks or, like, the high draft picks just stink at first in the summer league. 
or they get injured like barely injured I remember uh Boncaro last year got injured why'd I call him Boncaro it's like he's horny Boncaro um he got like low-key not even injured at all in like the first minutes of his summer league game and they just shut him down or something like that but anyway I watched uh Wimbanyama and um the active shooter from Charlotte um I watched their um summer league debuts and they were both horrible um Wimbanyama especially I think he was like two of ten shooting with eight points eight boards or something like that like seven assists I mean he kind of filled the stat line you'd obviously love to see him not shoot two of ten and a lot of those eight misses were like really really ugly um he was just like pulling threes and um like missing everything or like hitting the side of the backboard like on the far side of the rim like he was obviously nervous obviously adrenaline was pumping but um he looked bad now obviously it doesn't matter because he might be sick the next game but um i think the worst part honestly was like watching him run was it was ugly and like i'm a skinny dude myself um so i'm sure i don't look great running but there's like a clip of him like running to set a screen and then he like um it's like a pick and pop and then he like bricks a three after it um him running to set the screen his like limbs are just flying his like arms are like just flopping around he looks so unathletic doing it um he actually looks like there's this kid (laughs) there's this kid in my undergrad in my college um who was tall and like a little awkward with how he controlled his body um and he was talking to this girl and they seemed to like be hitting it off etc i think she like might have low-key dumped a boyfriend to like pursue him um and then all of a sudden it stopped and she would be like running away from him at parties and like he'd be calling her be like where are you and then she like wouldn't answer like all of a sudden it was it went from like seemingly 100 to zero um and like two years later i talked to that girl and she told me that she watched this guy running after a frisbee and like we were playing frisbee um and she watched him running after the frisbee and that like ruined it for her so it was like an immediate ick or whatever when she watched him run after a frisbee and he runs exactly like Victor, Victor ben, 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 oh my gosh Victor Wembanyama runs he, they run exactly the same it, that's what it reminded me of and the worst the worst part was when she said like I got a complete ick when I watched this guy run after a frisbee I I was like yeah I I can understand because it was it wasn't pretty and that is how Victor Wembanyama was running to set that screen um and there was also like he talked about how he wasn't conditioned well enough <clears throat> which is crazy because I mean I don't know how long the games are in Europe but it might just be 40 minutes but I don't think he played more than 30 minutes in the game and 
he just I mean I guess he just finished the whole season but he should be like his body should be tired but he should be in cardiovascular shape I feel like um because it's like he's playing against grown men in Europe and they like it's probably the second best the European Super League and I think he was playing in that I'm not sure I guess where his the Mets 92 play but um European Super League is like the second best league in the world it's better than college basketball by far and uh which I remember when Luca was coming out everybody was saying how Marvin Bagley played in college and Luca wouldn't you know it was just ridiculous but it seems ridiculous to me that he wouldn't be in shape after playing a whole season of professional basketball I don't like I don't really know but um Like I said, I don't think it will matter. He's still going to be great. The running thing is, like, funnier than it is serious, probably. Um, But, and defensively, like, he was good. good. Um, People have been saying on, for, like, weeks that it may take a minute for the offensive game to happen. And by the way, it didn't look like he could dribble at all, so, like... It seems like it will take a bit for the offensive game to happen. But, um, well, I'm low-key going 90. Let's not do that. Um, But defensively, he looked completely confident. He was helping off of just kind of running all all around, like playing free safety um, in, in basketball. But he can get to places crazy fast and his arms are crazy long that he can kind of do that um a bunch of blocks four or five I think but just looked confident looked like he knew where he was going and, and put in a high amount of effort on the defensive end and that, so like that he looked like a completely different player on the defensive end than he was on the offensive end offensive end he looked lost confused like couldn't even make a, like a couple simple passes were like bouncing on the floor to no one in particular and just pulling threes that missed everything. He looked like he'd never played basketball before at times on the offensive end, but then on defense, he looked every bit of, you know, who he's supposed to be. So I'm sure he'll figure it out. He even said himself, I think, after the game that, um, like, um, what did he say? He said, like, he said he didn't know what he was doing out there, which is what it looked like. Um, Brandon Miller... Um, he didn't shoot well, but I don't think, ironically, um, I have to stop making the Brandon Miller shooting jokes. He's probably going to be in the league for a long time. I wrote an entire article, March Madness, where I made a joke about it every single time. Um, it'll stop being funny at some point and people will like forget. Um, it's funny to me still. Anyway, uh, ironically, he didn't shoot very well. I don't remember the numbers, but it wasn't that great. I still think, like I said, it's it's fine. Like, he got a bunch of open looks. He looked like a shooter whether he made them or not. Again, probably amped up, anxious, whatever. There was a dunk from this guy named, like, Champagne or Champagne or something. It was, it was unbelievable. It was, it was pretty cool. Also, Victor got dunked on, too, which, whatever. The game was kind of boring. Victor didn't play well. Anyway. Um, let me think. 
how did I even get onto that? Oh, talking about games I have or haven't seen. I don't think I've watched any other sports since in like months since I left for Italy. And there's, there was no sports going on in Italy either because soccer's not really happening right now. Um, it's like the one month of the year where soccer's like completely out. Yeah. I haven't, but anyway, so that's all to say, like, I don't really know what I'm talking about when I share my opinions on these teams. Haven't been watching the Twins because I don't get them in, in South Florida. Um, also, they're incredibly depressing to watch. Um, and I haven't even watched many games, but I just know based on the score lines and how little we're hitting that it's just, I don't, it's not something I want to subject my eyes to at the moment. Um, so we might as well start there. Um, we're about halfway through the year, just before the All-Star break. Only All-Star is Sonny Gray, by the way. Um, could be half the pitching staff, but um, about 500. Either first or second in the division right now. It depends on the day that you're listening to this, probably. The pitching staff is one of the best in the league, and the offense is one of the worst in the league. Um which is this, is very and we're in the worst division in the league so we might be in first place at 500 there's been times in the last week or two that we've been in the first place with um, a record below 500 we're just kind of um, leapfrogging back and forth with the uh, Guardians right now um, pitching staff is incredible um, if the team was better, there might be three all star. You know, could be three or four all stars on just the pitching staff. Um, Sonny Gray did make it. Pablo, I always mix up. I think it's Pablo Lopez or is it Jose Lopez? I mix them up all the time. Whatever Lopez that just had the shutout with twelve strikeouts, he could he could easily make it. Um, Joe Ryan and Joan Duran could. If the team was better, I could see them making it as well. Um, for a team that's not horrible, having one all-star is low-key kind of embarrassing. Um, usually the teams that have one all-star are the teams that... Like, every team in the MLB in MLB is required to have an all-star. So, like, usually <laughs> the teams that have one all-star are horrible teams that, usually would, that generally wouldn't have an all-star. And then they just, like, throw a middle reliever that doesn't stink. Or you know, the fourth right fielder on the team is, like, from the athletics or something. Um, like the athletics this year, they're terrible. The owner doesn't give a shit. Um, and Brent Rooker, who couldn't make the Twins for, like, three years in a row, is their all-star, batting, like, 248 as a DH or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I only have one all-star... And not be a horrible team shows you just how horrible this team would be if it wasn't for, like, how great the pitching staff is. Um, to be 500 and not have a single hitter that's even, like, close to all-star quality is crazy. And it's what exactly makes this – it's exactly what makes this team so difficult to watch. They don't hit. Um, and it's it's unfortunately been that way for – I would say two years now. Um, 
obviously the 2019 team hit like no other they still have the record for most home runs in the season which will probably last like a year longer but um and then the 2020 was small sample size because the season was shorter but um they hit fine and a lot of that was nelson cruz propping everything up and Sano was actually playing decently back then people forget that he existed um but 2021 they didn't hit that's why they stunk um last year or they didn't hit enough and the pitching staff was horrible at times too um they just didn't really play complimentary baseball whatever that means um some days they would hit some days they would pitch they wouldn't often do both um 2022 obviously everybody was injured um but it's what it is um this year they can't hit they can pitch like crazy they fixed their bullpen fixed their fixed their bullpen but we're still running out uh what's his name i don't remember his name that's good um but it doesn't really matter if you can't hit the ball um okay so what does the future look like this year we're not doing anything um we might win the worst division of baseball we don't we're not sniffing the playoffs um it's gonna it seems like it's gonna take like 85 wins to make the playoffs at the central um which is very attainable um but it means almost nothing because in that first three game series they probably lose two games like i don't see them winning a game it'd be crazy if this was the year that they won a game in the playoffs it would be crazy just like randomly make it in a horrible division and then you know Sonny Gray gives them six scoreless we get a decent bullpen showing and we win like two to one you know it's possible but realistically long term they're not winning a series they're certainly not winning a a seven game series against the better teams in, in the league. Um, and I guess that's not surprising. People, people didn't expect them to be good. I thought they'd be about 500 um, at the beginning of the year. Um, they're about 500. It's not exciting. But um, as far as the future, like the immediate future, we have to make some serious decisions about like what the core is of this team and I'm talking especially on the offensive end um, we have control of some of these pitchers for a while so it's it's going to be fine um, generally speaking on Sonny Gray is going to get old but um, he, he's not necessarily replaceable but there's free agent arms that are kind of always available and sometimes they pitch well sometimes they don't but um like the Lopez that we traded for, whatever his name is, kind of forget um, his first name, um, and Joe Ryan and Duran at the bullpen, and um, those types of guys are under control for at least a couple more years. Um, but offensively, the, there's just more questions than there are answers. Um, I think Max Kepler needs to go almost immediately. Like, he needs to go yesterday type thing he's a great defensive right fielder but he can't hit he never has hit 
he, he hasn't never hit. He hit in 2019 when everybody else hit, but he hasn't honestly hit since then. He had a bad 2020 even, if I remember correctly. Um, Buxton is perpetually injured. Doesn't even play center field anymore. Um, and even when he's healthy, is will is good for at least a couple weeks a year where he can't hit the ball at all, where he strikes out, you know, ten times in a week, and it's a team friendly deal because of the injuries. But I think we unfortunately need to start viewing Buxton as a piece and not the piece, if that makes sense. Um, he like reminds me of Kawhi Leonard in in basketball, minus the um, minus the fact that Kawhi's actually won titles and Finals MVPs and Buxton hasn't. Um, where when Buxton is going, you know, it's easy to be like he's the best player in baseball, and you're not wrong, especially when he's playing center field at like an elite level. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't even play center field anymore, and. The couple weeks where he's the best hitter in baseball seem to be matched by a couple weeks where he can't hit at all. And and then he's injured. And then we're resting him to make sure he's not injured. And um, it doesn't seem like he ever has time to put it together. Um, and when he does, you know, it's kind of short-lived. And... Um, like with the Clippers, it was like, oh, when all the pieces get together, like they're gonna play really good. And then Kawhi was never healthy, Paul George was never healthy, um, and they never put it together. Um, I kind of feel that way about Buxton right now, where we keep waiting and be like, oh, when Buxton is is who he is, like we're gonna be good and the offense is gonna be fine. But when has that happened over the last three years, other than the first like th- month of 2021? when we were still losing games because of how bad the bullpen was. Um, so I think there's a, a big question mark. Not necessarily a question mark, but, like, Buxton is who he is at this point. He's a very flawed asset, and it's fun to get excited about him in short spurts, but um, there you have to understand that the spurts are short. Um, Correa would be theoretically the other huge piece, and he hasn't hit all year. Obviously, he had the crazy offseason where he was on three different teams for a, a minute and then had a physical and failed it all and then ended up at the Twins. And it was like, the offseason is a failure, offseason is a failure, offseason is a failure. Oh, we signed Correa somehow. The offseason is a massive success, and now he hasn't hit at all. I don't know if it's because he doesn't isn't where he wants to be and he's just the vibes are bad or if maybe the ankle thing is a thing I haven't watched enough games to realize to like check in on whether it seems like he's having any issues with that I can't imagine he has been because I haven't heard about it um but it's not entirely uncommon for players to be really hot coming up they sign a big deal and then they're just not good anymore and it, it seems kind of weird that that happens and it's almost like hard to explain away or like explained why that might happen but think about Javi Baez how good he was coming up how incredible he was to watch him on the Cubs signs a big deal with the Tigers and he's like horrible one of the best like one of the worst hitters in baseball that like still gets put in a lineup um 
Cody Bellinger type thing, same type thing happened. Christian Yelich had a, you know some of those years where he was an MVP. All right, he's an MVP now. I don't know if he signed a big deal or not. I don't know that much, but um, all of a sudden he, he's batting 200, and it's. Um, I'm not saying that is happening to Correa, but if that does happen to Correa, and we have, he wasn't like perf- He wasn't great last year. He was good at the end of the year, but like he wasn't who we bought last year, and he's been far less than who we bought this year. Um, if that does happen, and like, even Josh Donaldson's an example. Like, we paid a lot of money to bring in Josh Donaldson, the biggest contract in Twins history, if I remember correctly. Had a couple year, had a year or two where he's decent. Got injured, was never really the same player. Excuse me. Um, and I think we we're. I, I personally was very glad to see him go when he went to the Yankees. Um, it just seems like the, the it's not it's not a good vibe for Correa right now, and I don't. It's hard to say why that is per se but um he's almost like predictably playing really badly after how his summer went but um so yeah that's another asset that you know shouldn't be a question mark but kind of is um I think the the next couple are these young guys who were supposed to be next up who were supposed to be um like it and sort of like bring this transition between the Kepler Buxton Sano like core which it sounds weird now but that was kind of the core in 2019 of that team minus Nelson Cruz who obviously was old um but bring that sort of core group into this sort of new era and that is these guys are uh, Royce Lewis um, Alex Kirilov were the main two that people planned on. Jose Miranda kind of came out of nowhere with a really, really good double-A season or a really good triple-A season um, in the same year And when I was covering him in 2021. Um, but now, like, those guys, we don't know what we... We don't really know what we have entirely. Royce Lewis has been good every time he's been in the league. I don't know how he's playing this year, actually. Um, haven't checked in on that, but... Um, I'm just not worried about him in general, as long as he stays healthy. And that's, that's kind of the big thing. He's had a million ACL injuries, it seems. Um, and it's just an issue of, is he going to stay healthy? Is this going to be a long-term thing? Um, or are we going to, like, keep worrying about him every time the way... Every time he slides into a base, every time he makes a play in the in the field like we do about Buxton. Um, think about how impossible it is for Byron Buxton to stay healthy. Like, if we do that with um, with him, like, I don't I don't even, like, like it's going to be frustrating to watch again. He's in and out of the lineup. Um, Kirilov is the next one, and I, and I am more depressed about Kirilov than probably anybody else on the team. He was... You know, a top 100 prospect on uh, baseball prospectus and all this. Um, top 25 even, I think, at one point. Twins number one prospect for a while there. Um, where he was back and forth with Royce Lewis. Um, and he hit like crazy for like a week or for a month. Um, 
I think it was 2021 in the league, um, in, in the bigs. And he's battling this wrist thing that, from my understanding, and I, and I obviously am not an expert, but from my understanding, this wrist thing is not something that happened and is going to get better. It's something that has happened and is kind of something he's going to deal with forever. And if that's the case, then, like, he's not the player he he was supposed to be. It's just, like, he can't be because how do you hit without your wrists, you know? So much about um, hitting his hands. Are your hands good? And if your wrists aren't good, your hands can't be good. And if he's, like, constantly hurt, and that's sort of been the story with him his first couple of years in the big leagues, he's constantly hurt. We're going to go back down to figure something out with the wrists, or we're going to go under the knife again to figure something out with the wrist. And it just seems like it's not going to happen for him. Which is insane to think about, um, given how sort of touted he was and how exciting the start was for him. It's just really unfortunate, it seems. And it, it puts the Twins in a really weird spot, because, like, where is... Well, we'll talk about Miranda, and then we'll talk, like, big picture, I guess. But, um... Miranda is, again, he wasn't one that, like, three years ago, we were not necessarily planning on Jose Miranda being being it, you know, being the guy. Um, but, like I said, 2021 summer hit something like 400 in Cedar Rapids. Um, and this is when I was covering uh, the Twins minor league system professionally. Um he hit something like 400 in um, Cedar Rapids. And it seemed like every night I was covering them, Jose Hernandez got a couple hits or, you know, one game he's got two homers. You know, it's something, something crazy like that every single week. Um, no, I, that was at Wichita, sorry. Um, yeah, started at AA, Wichita, that season. And then by the end of the year, he's playing for the Saints at AAA. And doing the same thing, pretty much picked up where he left off. Um, he came up last year, I believe, and obviously I was really excited about him because he's somebody that I, you know, first started covering, watched, worked through the ranks and stuff like that. Uh, the same way I feel about John Duran, by the way. Um, but he hit pretty well last year, but was back down in the minors this year because he's not hitting well. Seems to be completely lost at times, but then he goes to St. Paul and hits like crazy again. Um, like I said, we're a bit lucky in terms of like he was never, he wasn't initially supposed to be, you know, a top five prospect type of guy, but he quickly made himself that and seemed like we had at least an option or like a really good option at the corner infield for a while um, when he came up and. You know, which at the time helped get over what was kind of going on with Alex Kirloff, but now it's like, do we even have that anymore? Like, and so the like, question is, and, and obviously there's other pieces on the Twins. These aren't this; these aren't the only seven players on the Twins. But um, as far as I can see, they're, they're the, the kind of big pieces um, that at least will affect how this offense is looking moving forward. Um, Because you're always going to have your Michael A. Taylors and your guys like that that are, you know, 
in the field, fill fill a role in the lineup, and um, they are what they are. But um, and obviously, Jorge, I forgot about Jorge Polanco. He's a good player. He's always been injured. I think we kind of know what he is at this point. He's never going to lead the league in hitting again the way he did for half the season that one year. Um, he's never going to start the All Star game again. He's going to be a um, and he was part of that 2019 core, by the way. I seem to have erased it from my brain. But um, he's going to be a completely serviceable second baseman for the rest of his career. And that's fine. But, I, I again, I, I realistically don't think he's going to be moving the needle one direction or the other for the Twins moving forward. Um, the way that if Correa plays well, he would. If Ruxton stays healthy and hits well, he would. The way if some of these um, prospects can figure it out, and they're not really prospects at this point. Um, you can throw Larnick in there too. It's been a little up and down, but for some reason I trust him when he's at the plate, which is one of the nicest things I can say about a player, honestly. Um, but that brings, like, the larger question about the Twins is, like, when is this championship window happening? Um, if it's going to happen and right now it doesn't really feel like there is one um, I think if you if you travel back in time two years we see Buxton as a potential MVP candidate every year if he stays healthy which of course he didn't um, Correa has been an MVP has he been an MVP? I'm not sure he's been an MVP but he's been an MVP caliber player was at certainly at one time a top seven player in the league something like that um, we had that we had and then we we had seemingly a um, farm system full of like big league level high end talent and um, now that that has kind of played out a little bit it's a little bit like where is that like it seemed you know two years ago that the team was a year away from being legitimately very good um, and having a real kind of championship window while Correa and Buxton were together. And, this, and of course, that was all considering if Correa would re-sign or not, which he did. And now it seems like the window is closed just because people aren't hitting that are supposed to hit. We're hanging on to old pieces that shouldn't be here anymore. And the, there's a lot of question marks surrounding the the young guys that were supposed to kind of take some of those spots. Um, I'm a, so in general, I'm a little bit pessimistic. I feel like the team's going to bottom out again before they become a like regular a regular playoff team the way they were, you know, in the sort of the 2009-2010 that time period um, and I guess they were a regular in quotes um, playoff team from 19 to 20 they made it twice in a row and didn't win any games but um, I think the next few years are more likely to we lose some of these pieces and then some guys surprise us in a positive way more than it is this team becomes a juggernaut that can actually make any kind of difference in the playoffs. Um, I think it's just sort of how it's 
how it's looking at the moment. Um, think about back to the um, the way those Maurer and Morneau teams were assembled is two MVP caliber players. They each wanted it in different years. Um, you know, one's a 30 home run, 100 RBI guy every single year in Morneau, and then one's winning batting titles and you know playing gold level gold glove level catcher every single year um and they pretty much came in at the exact same time and retired at the exact same time obviously more no left to play with whoever he played with colorado and pittsburgh whatever um but for those years where they were both sort of late 20s the window was like wide open the championship window was wide open it seemed we didn't win any playoff series but um and that and those teams didn't spend the way that those Terry Ryan teams didn't spend the way that the Thad Levine teams do certainly. But you, we kind of thought that we were building that with uh, Correa and Buxton, you know, guys that literally entered the league minutes apart from each other as like the first and second picks and whatever draft that was, um, you know, sort of tying their careers together so that they'll both hit their primes at the same time and in theory that should be happening right now um and it's not and that's the other thing so that's the one thing about what those Mauer and more no teams have had that you know this team doesn't seem to have and those stars aren't really playing the way they should be right now um the other thing is all the pieces around Mauer and Morneau for those years were like winners and this is going to get really like narrative-y and like kind of subjective but like Michael Kadire's a winner Jason Kubel's a winner um you know so they talk about they talk about the years of the piranhas where you know those dudes weren't necessarily talented but they were winners um and they made all the little plays that that sort of made ended up making the huge difference in terms of like making that comeback in the central that 2006 year I believe it was um and you look at this team the twins right now they're just they've been losers for a long time and just like losing games we should win making stupid errors just not hitting and not seeming to care um <clears throat> we can go there's a lot of annoying people talking about how Rocco never lets his pitchers pitch through things and he takes them out every two seconds um that's fine but it doesn't feel good um it feels like not to be like super basic and, and um kind of blunt with this but it, like they don't have any dogs in the way they used to and um you know you know, uh, what's his name? Like Tor, not uh, Tory Hunter's not the name I forgot, but I forgot the other guy's name. Joe Nathan, that's who it is. Joe Nathan was a dog out of the bullpen, and Juwan Duran could be that kind of. But where are the other ones? Um, we don't have a Tory Hunter to just like bring it every single day, and the vibes are good every single day, and um, you know, selling out in the outfield until he's 37 or something like that, by the way. Like, he didn't... There was no resting Tory Hunter to make him DH, you know? 
it, it, you know, how did how did Torrey Hunter run into the wall, track down all those balls all those years, and never get hurt? And Byron Buxton can't seem to slide into a base without tearing something. It's just, I don't know, it's stuff like that makes it very difficult to believe in the team. Um, <clears throat> yeah, let me think. Let me think if I have any twins thoughts. Yeah, no other twins thoughts. I'm going to grab some water and I'll be right back with, uh, who should we do next? The Vikings? Yeah, we'll do them. <clears throat> All right, we're back on the uh, Allen Post show. Wait, that's not what it's called. The um, Intern Allen show. When, I, when this gets big, that would be an ad break right there. We didn't talk about, like, dude wipes or something. But uh, for now, no free ads. Um, the Vikings. Obviously, it's the offseason right now, so we're obviously talking about what they're going to be next year and years before, or years following. 13 wins last year, I believe. 13 and 4. Let's add some 17, yep. Um, 13 and 4 with a negative point differential beat a lot of bad teams in very close games got destroyed by good teams and also beat the Bills which was nice I remember I was running around Miami being busy all day they beat the Bills um, really wish I would have watched that game been able to watch that game but um, got the text from the boys um that we because it was the one time where we turned the ball over and then somehow we ended up still winning um I thought that was impossible that that was that that had happened I saw that we fumbled on the one I think it was and I was like all right the game's over that was sad we gave the bills a good look but we lost um I could not have been more shocked when they actually won or when I found out that they actually won um uh, really wish I would have watched the game anyway Vikings, 13-4 last year, uh, won the North, got destroyed in the playoffs immediately. Um, They're fraudulent. Everybody knows they were fraudulent. Everybody knew all year they were fraudulent. I think um, Vikings fans especially kind of knew what this was and what it wasn't. Um, I'll tell you, it it sure as heck felt a lot better watching a 13-4 fraudulent Vikings team all year than like three years ago when it was 13 and three and the Packers that the Packers were 13 and three and they weren't they weren't good um that was really and they seemed to be getting a PI call every single week that would win them a game and it was that was very frustrating to exist around while that was happening um and my roommates in college were Packers fans too so that was especially frustrating I'd, I'd be like you guys they you know they're not good you know they stink, and they'd be like, oh, record, well, Super Bowls, well. Um, anyway, it's a whole lot better to have the Vikings be that than the Packers be that. Um, but just like the Packers got destroyed by the 49ers, um, we kind of knew it was going to happen in the playoffs for us. Um, team has gotten worse since the offseason started. Um, 
and this is where some of my ignorance is going to show because I definitely haven't been following the NFL offseason all that closely, not even being in the country. Um, Dalvin Cook is gone. Thielen's gone. Some big, long-time defensive pieces are gone. Um, some of that stuff felt like it needed to happen, especially Thielen, and you never want to pay running backs the way they, they want to be paid, and I get it. Um, unfortunately, the NFC is like the spot where you want to go. If you're in, if you're in the NFC and you're decent this year, you should be wanting to go all in. And no, Minnesota sports teams don't really do all in. It's not kind of what we do because we're not rich like that, generally speaking. Um, and obviously there's a cap in the NFL, but there's luxury tax and ways to get around it, all that stuff. Um, I guess we did go all in with Gobert, but we'll get to that in the Timberwolves section. Um, the NFC, if you're in the NFC this year, you kind of want to go all in because, you know, six of the top seven quarterbacks or something like that are in the AFC. You think about Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, um, the list goes on and on quarterbacks that are in the AFC Justin Herbert um, I know I'm missing some but um, sort of those big names you don't know who if you're in the AFC you don't have, you have no idea if you're losing the first round of the playoffs or making the Super Bowl because those all those teams are really good and really close um, that is not true in the NFC Aaron Rodgers is the big one that's left in the NFC, obviously, and that is um, playing for the Jets now. So that's obviously a huge thing for the Vikings, too, because we don't have to play him twice a year. Um, so now would be the time to go in. And unfortunately, the way the books looked now was the time to get rid of cut some fat for the Vikings. And I don't think it was the wrong decision. I just think it's a little bit unfortunate that we weren't at a position to really capitalize on some of this. Um, some of this opportunity with like really nothing sitting especially in the north nothing kind of in the way of running it back to the playoffs and making kind of a deep run um do i think the team is 13 and 4 good this year i don't yeah i don't think they're 13 and 4 good last year um i do think the north is very winnable again um the beer the, the beers the bears are going to be a year away, probably. Justin Fields, and that's if Justin Fields makes a leap. If he makes a crazy leap, they might be 9-7 and seven or something like that, or 9-8. and eight. Um, I guess it is now. Um, the Lions should be good, especially if their defense is any kind of anything. The offense was unreal last year, which people don't seem to realize. But, um, and they added a new rookie running back. Oh, they got rid of Swift, so it doesn't really make a difference. By the way, Swift, DeAndre Swift, owning... I owned him in fantasy last year, lost the lost in the championship again. Owning DeAndre Swift last year was one of the more frustrating experiences I've probably ever had in my entire life. Um, legitimately the best back in the backfield. Just wouldn't get touches. And Jamal Williams leading the league in touchdowns. Jamal Williams, a backup running back who couldn't play in Green Bay. Couldn't play in Green Bay. Behind an undrafted Aaron Jones. I think he was undrafted. I might have made that up. 
Um, Jamal Williams can't play in Green Bay. Goes to the Lions and leads the league in touchdowns over DeAndre Swift, who was drafted high, came out of Georgia, is an electric player. And I drafted, like, rounds before Jamal Williams was drafted. And I lost to Jamal Williams in the championship game. Anyway, that was the... Actually, I'm getting, like, post-mad. I'm getting mad all over again about that. Um, that was one of the worst, most frustrating fantasy experiences I've ever had. Also, DeMar Hamlin dying, keeping me from winning the championship game. That was actually one of the more frustrating. Definitely that, actually. Despite DeAndre Swift stinking all year because he wouldn't get any touches, I was still going to win the football cha- fantasy football championship over Jamal Williams and uh, and Loon Mags. Um, but DeMar Hamlin died, which obviously it's great that he didn't actually die and survived and um obviously unfortunate the whole thing happened i'm far from the biggest um far from the biggest victim of that situation although he was at michael rubin's party now so I, whatever um anyway i've gotten very sidetracked from talking about the vikings we're talking about the lions um they should be fine. I think they're. I think they're going to be good. The offense is going to be really good. It should be again with Ben Johnson in charge, which he's going to get a head coaching job soon. But um, it's it's whether the defense can be any good. I think there's a chance that the Vikings are worse than the Lions this year. I do think, but I think the rest of the division is bad enough. Unless Jordan Love is back from home somehow, um, I don't think that team's doing anything. Um, defense is good, I suppose, but is it though? It's really not. Um, they weren't that good last year. Um, so I think the Vikings will be playing a soft division most of the year. Um, probably split with the Lions. I think both the Lions and the Vikings could be 10 and 7 in that area. Um, I imagine we'll get steamrolled by the good teams again, especially the Eagles. Do we play them this year? I'm not even sure. But teams like that, um, And if we do make the playoffs, I can't imagine us being a lot better than sort of the Eagles, but I can't imagine us playing the Eagles. I mean, obviously things change year to year really quickly in the NFL, so anything could happen. Um, We did bring in uh, Jordan Addison, um, which replaces Thielen in a really nice way, I think. Um, The receiving core should be fine again. I don't think Thielen's a big loss. Do I think Cook is a big loss? I think probably, yeah. Um, Madison is a good player, but Cook is Devin Cook's better. He did fumble a lot, which is really annoying. Um, <clears throat> I do think we just need to run the ball a little bit less for as badly as we did it at times last year. There was a lot of running on first down for like two yards, if I remember correctly. And that's the kind of thing that you do it a couple drives in a row, and all of a sudden we have we're not moving the ball we have like one first down and three drives because we run the ball too much we're trying to establish the run or whatever um and i say this as a dalvin cook owner which i should probably stop talking about my fantasy football team but um i guess i was a little underwhelmed with the kevin o'connell offense in general there were times where it was really good there were times where nobody could stop justin jefferson Kirk was dealing, Kirk O'Chains, all that stuff. But then there's times where 
we just couldn't move the ball at all. And um, and it seemed like it, it, every both would happen in every game, and I don't understand. You know, I'm not quite an X's and O's guy like that. I don't understand what the difference is, how we can be so, like, putrid at times and then just be excellent, kind of just like that. Um, I would have a lot more belief in the team if we had a couple more shootout losses than we had blowout losses. If we if we battled with the Eagles the way, like, the Bills and the Chiefs battle all the time, like, that would be one thing. But we got destroyed and couldn't move the ball at all. And um, that's the type of thing where I would eat. It's just a little bit, a little bit underwhelming when we have baby Sean McVay coming over and he was supposed to fix everything. Obviously, the defense was horrible. Um, obviously, there were some injuries on the offensive line. If those guys are back, then in theory, we should be better. Um, okay, we should talk about the defense because it was really bad. Um, Ed Donatel is obviously gone. Um, he was his sort of whole idea coming in was to be a defense that <clears throat> was predicated around turning the ball over. Now, how do you do that? Um, you get after the quarterback, make him make dumb decisions, get strip sacks, make him throw off platform, all this other stuff. Um, the other way you do that is use a lot of zone I think I'm not X's and O guys like that like I said but this is what they did they play a lot of soft zone a lot of like really kind of fluffy and like kind of weak sauce coverages on on the receivers um which if you're not it's very hard to pick the ball off in man to man because usually the throw isn't that bad that you have that much of a better chance at it than the receiver. If you're playing zone, you can kind of see everything, see things before they happen, jump a passing lane, etc. That's how turnovers happen. Um, so Donatel was all about turning the ball over. They played a lot of soft zone, seemed to just let people walk down the field against them. Now, the pass rush was not good. Um, fell off in a big way from the past two years and it wasn't even that good those years so um i don't know if the pass rush is going to be better this year i don't really remember whether we made any moves to fix that um but it wasn't good and i think that when the pass rush wasn't good and the coverage was soft waiting for turnovers to happen it was just a lot of quarterbacks with a lot of time to throw to very open receivers and we would get torched by everyone. Jacob Easton torched us for a half. Like, it was... Um, there wasn't a scene... Like, if, if you were playing fantasy, which I'll talk stop talking about fantasy someday. Maybe I should just do a fantasy football podcast. Um, if you were playing fantasy and you didn't have a quarterback, just pick whoever's playing the Vikings. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, Kendall Hinton. He's going off, you know? Uh, anybody would go off. We were handing out... 300-yard games to just the worst quarterbacks because we are really committed to that system and it wasn't working. Um, I don't know if the system gets better now that Donatel's gone. I like... Um, who do we get? 
Brian Flores, yeah? Is that who we got? That's who it is, yeah. I like Brian Flores. I think he was a good head coach at Miami that was, like, forced to lose. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with their defense at the time. Um, I don't super remember if you how involved with that defense, but um, the defense I remember from around that time was that Xavier Howard, who's a lockdown corner, kind of the way that Darrell Revis played back in the day where he just takes an entire side of the field, the way Josh Norman played back in the day where he takes an entire side of the field and then um, kind of tr- put him on an island and that leaves us a- at an advantage to the rest of the field. I don't know if that's what they're planning on doing. If that is, not sure what corner we're going to use as that island corner. Um, Cameron Dantzler? I don't know. Um, probably not. Um because Pat Pete is gone and also he was old but um if that's happening I believe that I believe in that idea a little bit more than the let's just play soft coverage and hope to get home at the quarterback and hope to turn the ball over thing kind of bend don't break vibe which it just doesn't in in sort of fill you with a lot of confidence um so like I said I'd, I'd I'll believe the defense is good when I see it um until then I'm gonna assume it's kind of bad um, but I guess I have more belief than I had last year. I mean, it's hard to do worse, I guess. Um, I guess if I had to predict the record, I think we're probably going... I think 10-7 and seven can happen. 10-7 and seven make the playoffs. Actually, 10-7 and seven might not make the playoffs. It will if we win the division, but... 10-7 um, and seven make the playoffs lose first round, I think is probably the most likely scenario, which... Obviously, I don't wouldn't sign up to lose in the playoffs, but you better believe I'm going to be all in that morning, that Sunday morning when we have a playoff game. The way I was this year, even though I kind of knew it was happening. Um, I have to make sh- sure I know what I'm doing. Like, I just go straight. People forget I'm driving right now. Um, I think I just go straight. I'm not even in Virginia yet, right? Whatever. Um, My general thoughts about the Vikings are they seem to be kind of built from the outside in instead of the inside out. I know we have a couple good offensive linemen, but if you think about the teams that are really dominant, um they're and the teams that you just love watching play football it's the teams that are built from the inside out the team like think about the 49ers just the best offensive line in football they got dudes like Debo running around George Kittle running around that can absolutely destroy guys and run with the football and catch the football um obviously Kyle Shanahan his mind and the offense helps too but obviously Trent William might be the best player in football at left tackle Um, but that's how they're built they're built big on the inside on both sides of the ball Um, and wait should I be going that direction I'm going to check my maps and the Vikings aren't built like that Um, our best players are wide receiver which is fine um but if you shut down Justin Jefferson, 
what do we do? You know, we need Justin Jefferson to go for 200 yards to be to compete with some of these teams, especially the defense play is horrible. Um, and obviously, we're injured on the offensive line last year, and hopefully, it's better this year. But I need to go north to Petersburg. <clears throat> but there's only so much an offense can do when they can't move anybody up front. Um, and that's why the running game was so bad at times. I need to go to 95 North to Petersburg. Okay. Um, and then obviously on the offensive or on defensive end, everything sort of went sideways because on the line, we weren't any good. Um, and we couldn't get a pass rush. I could probably talk for 40 more minutes about whether Kirk Cousins is the guy. I don't think I'm going to do that. I think Kirk Cousins... I'll do it quickly, I guess. I think Kirk Cousins can win a Super Bowl if the team is built inside out. But Kirk Cousins cannot be... Remember when um, Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs to the Super Bowl with a really bad offensive line? And they yes, they lost. Um... And Joe Burrow led the Bengals to the Super Bowl with a really bad offensive line. And yes, they lost. But those quarterbacks are way better than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins can't lead a bad offensive line to the Super Bowl. Um, When he had time to throw and when everything was kind of on schedule, he can be really good. But he can't. The way Joe Burrow played that year with the horrible Bengals offensive line in his second year in the league was incredible, and Kirk Cousins isn't that. He'll never be that. He'll never be the guy in that way, the way Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen are the guy in that way. Um, If the team is built the way the 49ers built the team, where big in the middle on both sides, really good defense, you don't need that good of a quarterback to win. But Kirk Cousins is not elevating the level of the team in the way that those two, three, four guys can do it. Um, so that's, I guess, short. He's good, but he's not him, I guess, <laughs> to, to be annoying. Um, all right. Another water break. Uh, this one's presented by um, Stitch Fix. to the Timberwolves. I think... By the way, the Vikings, um, long-term... Wait, I didn't really do... I did a long-term thing, long-term outlook for the Twins, the way, and I didn't do that for the Vikings. Vikings, long-term, I'm not that pessimistic, um, because the NFL turns on really, really quickly. As long as we keep Justin Jefferson as one of the best players in the league on our team, I think it's going to be fine. Obviously, they have to hit on draft picks. Um, obviously, I have to stay healthy, but that's kind of consistent in the NFL. Um, I think we'll be in the mix for a bunch more years. I don't know if I see a big spike to this team winning a Super Bowl happening anytime soon. Um, all right. Sometimes it just happens, though. 
like 2017, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes Case Keenum is your quarterback and you get in within a game of the Super Bowl and it's like the best season of your life. Sometimes that just happens. And I think the Vikings are in a position for that to just kind of happen where people surprise them in a way that I don't think the Twins are, by the way, in all seasons. And baseball is different because 162 games, seven game series in the playoffs, all that stuff. But, um, God, it's really sunny. I need sunglasses, sun setting. Oof. Um, all right, Timberwolves. Um, back to back playing champions. Put some respect on that. Hang the banner. Um, Gave the Grizzlies a good run two years ago. Obviously got mauled by Denver this year. Denver kind of mauled everybody, though. So it is what it is. Um, oh, shit. I'm low-key going way too fast for this corner. Woo! Whoa! It's fine. Everything's fine. Um... Was, wasn't the year we wanted from them this year. Um, team didn't get a lot better, um, despite trading the farm for Rudy Gobert. And we traded the farm, everything. Picks for years. Walker Kessler, who's a thing now. Um, which was tough to see. But um, I think the good news... All right, well, let's just talk about this past year. They were, I don't remember the record, around 500. They snuck into the play-in, won the play-in, lost in the playoffs. The team was kind of broken all year. They didn't make sense. The lineups didn't work. Um, Every time the team is better when one of their best players is injured, you kind of know that something's flawed. Um, Rudy and Kat, it's not really working. Um because it kind of forces Cat to play a really soft role if Rudy's in the in the game because he can't be in the paint because two bigs in the paint doesn't really work in the year of our Lord 2023 in the NBA. Um, so that's that is what it is. Um, Anthony Edwards is was great is great. Um, of all other than Justin Jefferson who obviously as one player and a team of 52 it's a little bit difficult to make that huge of a difference um, other than Justin Jefferson I think Anthony Edwards is the biggest star Minnesota has right now um, you can throw Capri's off in there but I think having the star in basketball is a bigger thing than it is in any other sport uh, just look at Jokic this year. He was the guy, and he was so clearly the guy um, all year, and they won a title. Um, anyway, I think this team future is going wherever Anthony Edwards takes them. Um, and... Signing the big extension is great. So that means he's not going to leave at least for a couple years. Um, 
Well, actually, it doesn't really mean anything in the NBA because they all ask for trades and leave anyway. Um, he doesn't seem like he'll do that yet, though, at least not yet. Um, I think he'll give Minnesota two or three really good playoff runs at least before he sort of even thinks about doing that. And maybe he'll never do it. Um, certainly, hopefully, he'll never do it. Um, all the off-court stuff aside, he, he feels to me... And this, I'm referring to Kyrie here. All the off-court stuff aside, he reminds me of Kyrie. Um, not necessarily in the way they play, but in the way they came up. They sort of came up with nothing on that team. Um, obviously, Anthony Edwards says Cat, but uh, I'll have my thoughts on him in a minute, I guess. But um, Where it's really the first year, it's like, wow, Kyrie's really good. The team is horrible. Um, wow, Kyrie's really good. The team is aggressively mid and then eventually obviously added LeBron so this is now becoming not that great of a comparison but all of a sudden Kyrie's one of the top 10 players in the league and he's one of the players that really really matters and um, you know scoring 40 in, in finals games and LeBron doesn't win that finals without Kyrie and there were times where Kyrie was the better player and the guy you trusted to make the shot more um and I think if that can happen for Anthony Edwards, obviously minus all the crazy stuff that Kyrie has done, um, I think it's really exciting. Um, he isn't a big guy. Um, so there's concerns. I get, There's a little bit of concern for me in terms of like a guy dominating the league at his size has to be like Kyrie a genius with the with the basketball and around the rim or one of the best shooters of all time like Steph Curry and the best shooter of all time in Steph Curry's case obviously Damian Lillard is kind of that size as well um maybe it doesn't matter anymore as much as it, as I feel like it did um but Anthony Edwards is really good, and I think he will be really good. Um, I heard Ryan Russillo talk about this the other day, so I'm just kind of stealing his point at this point. But um, it takes a while in the NBA for young guys to become who they become. And um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while for... Anthony Edwards to be sort of that best player on a championship team type of thing but there's only a few guys that you can actually say that that's a possibility for and Anthony Edwards is one of those guys and the fact that the Timberwolves have one of those guys is really exciting in the way that the Timberwolves haven't been exciting in a long time like even Jimmy Butler who obviously didn't work in in Minnesota even what Jimmy Butler has done over the past three years is undeniably incredible but it's pretty clear he's not the best player on a championship team type of guy because he's made the championship and then not won anything um, he seems to be like just on the precipice of best player on a championship guy team kind of guy um, which when he wins in the Eastern Conference Finals everybody's you know we crown him and rightfully so but 
Eddie Edwards has a chance to be better than that. And I think that's um, something that not many rosters have in the NBA at the moment, which is great. Um, The problem is, if we're talking about championship windows again, I don't think Cat is in the championship window. I don't think Cat is a large part of the... If sort of we go down the best case scenario for the Timberwolves I don't think Cat is a large part of the team that wins the Timberwolves championship if it happens um I think well I'm just gonna be mean to Cat for you know four or five minutes now it's hard in the NBA because every big guy in a league that is becoming increasingly spaced and, and less and less and less about the big guy, every big guy seems like he's really soft. That being said, Cat is incredibly soft. Um, he does not dominate the game, which he should. He's one of the most skilled big men in the league in theory. Jokic is eating his lunch. He's always eating his lunch. Um, Embiid has always been better, and Cat had a year or two jump on him and people call him beat soft so if we beat soft what is cat i mean he's already we're arguing about every call we're not rebounding the way we should um not really dominating or controlling the pain somehow minnesota had two seven footers two all-star first team one all-star first team defense seven footer one all-star maybe made some third team all nbas seven footer we can't dominate the paint um it's crazy um, and our best player is a third-year guard. So um, that type of thing just can't happen <laughs> for the players that are on there, but it's just what it is. Cat isn't – we've seen what he is, um, and that's somebody who's going to shrivel up in big moments, who isn't going to lead the team, who's going to complain more often. He's going to complain more often about other people and about calls and about – whether or not he's getting his fair shake. He's going to complain about that more often than he's going to, you know, criticize himself and get better. Um, the, the, the Gobert thing doesn't work. Um, it's really hard to allow a big to be dominant. And this is, you know, in fairness to Cat, I guess. It's really hard to allow Cat to be dominant when he can't play in the paint. You can't turn him into a spot-up shooter, Kristaps Porzingis thing. It doesn't, like, that's not who he, I mean, maybe that is who he is, but it's not who he should be. It's not what he can be. Um, And defensively, they should have been better than they were. Um, So it's just tough. I don't think, I think if we play it forward five years when Anthony Edwards is, like, at the peak of his powers, I don't think Cat is going to be, a large part of that um, team and that's you know just is what it is for what it's worth I don't think Rudy Gobert is going to be a large part of that either Um, because I don't we talked about dogs for the twins talk about winners for the twins Rudy Gobert is not a winner he's a complainer he's a loser he uh, Cat is too by the way um He's petulant. He's annoying. He's just bad vibes in general. Um, and partially the reason I believe so much in Anthony Edwards is because he is a winner. He is. Um, 
and I know this talk is like really stupid, but I think it does matter how a guy acts, especially in basketball where chemistry is so big, how a guy acts and how he plays is really important. Um, think about how, think about Jokic this year, always makes the right play, is unselfish to like a hundred percent, like you cannot be more unselfish than Jokic is. And unless you're Ben Simmons passing up a layup because you're too scared to shoot. But um, talk about somebody who always makes the right play. This semi in front of me cannot drive in their lane. Holy. What are you doing? What are you doing? Everybody's like swerving around him when they try to pass him because they, he's in seven different lanes at once. Um, think about how Jokic always makes the right play. How often can we say that about Rudy Gobert? Obviously, he's a completely different player, but he's selfish. It's about him. He's complaining. It's about him. <clears throat> you know, Jokic was never about him, and he's the best player in the league. Um, so that's all to say that I think the championship team, in an ideal world that the, that the Timberwolves have, it's Anthony Edwards leading the way, and almost none of the pieces are the same now as they would be, you know. Cat isn't playing a big role on that championship team. Rudy probably isn't on the championship team. Um, or maybe Cat's gone and Rudy is there just rim running, you know. Um, and playing defense. Maybe he'll play better if Cat's gone. I don't know. Um, I think the Nas Reed thing is interesting. He's obviously a great player. He's surprising. It's really easy to be a great player on the second unit of a bad team or of a mid-team, but... Um, he does seem to be more than a good player, bad team. He seems to at least be somebody that could have a role on a really good team. Um, which is about, like, best-case scenario for him coming into college. But um, the, obviously the problem is all the draft picks are gone. And um, if we don't think that Cat... And Rudy are going to... Okay, yeah. About time I can get away from this guy. Um, If we don't think that Rudy and Cat are going to be on the championship team, then it's got to come from somewhere, and the draft picks are gone until, like, 2027 or something. Jeez, this guy is insane. He's, like, on this guy's bumper, too, and he's swerving all over. Oh, my God. Um... Everybody's annoyed at that guy. Anyway, um, if it ain't Rudy and Cat as the big pieces, where are the big pieces coming from? Because they ain't coming from the draft. Unless. So that's a problem, obviously, on the surface. The good thing is that the NBA, no trade is ever permanent. We're not losing our draft picks forever. We could trade Rudy back for, you know, half those draft picks tomorrow. We could trade Cat for all of them tomorrow. Team wouldn't be a lot worse. And all of a sudden, the future is back where it should be. Think about how horrible the Nets trade was. I don't think the Nets trade, I'm talking about the Paul Pierce, the, um, the, um, the big, like, big three Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade that, like, in theory screwed over the Nets for a decade with the picks that they lost. Um, 
Boston has been in back-to-back, or has been in the finals and, and an Eastern Conference finals, um, obviously since with some of those picks. But also the Nets were... KD's foot being a little bit shorter away from maybe winning a title that year. So, obviously long-term it didn't make a huge difference. That's the type of thing that happens in the NBA. Um, that doesn't really happen in other leagues where no trade is permanent no horrible trade is going to screw you over as long as you see it seems like it would we could probably trade cat for a bunch of those picks back tomorrow um i don't know who the who the team would be but um you know stuff like that in the nba things change really quickly and so i'm not like necessarily worried long term the annoying thing is Walker Kessler would be really good on this team. A big man who plays very good defense, is capable offensively with putbacks, dunks, all this other stuff, and doesn't have the attitude that Rudy Gobert has. It sounds pretty nice. It sounds pretty nice. And doesn't doesn't cost you all your picks. If we would have just not gone all in on Rudy Gobert and been like, yeah, we drafted Walker Kessler. We like him. Let's add him to the mix. All of a sudden, there isn't a massive chemistry problem. Um, Nas Reed isn't getting smothered. Cat's not getting smothered. We just are better on defense and kind of run it back the same way um, that we had the year before. I think it would have been nice. I think it would have been nice to see what happens. I wrote a thing... About a year ago, not a year ago, um, but after the last, wait, where am I supposed to go? After the last, um, playoff loss, um, in the beginning of, not this offseason, but the last offseason, um, about how the the keys need to be handed over to Anthony Edwards and everybody else needs to kind of get out of the way. Um, and Cat needs to be a Robin and not a Batman. And I obviously still believe that. I think and everybody kind of believes that at this point. But this is Richmond, maybe? But the Rudy thing kind of throws everything out of whack because now we don't have pieces to build a, like role players around Anthony Edwards because we got rid of our draft picks and we traded away one of those valuable role players that isn't going to cause issues um, in Walker Kessler and um, now Cat we're trying to like feed Cat possessions because some of them are being taken away by Rudy Gobert and it's just like really not working and the vibes are bad Um, I wish it it hadn't happened I don't think it's the end of the world but I just wish it hadn't happened um, I saw a tweet the other day about like what those picks turned like the picks that we've spent so far what they've turned into and what they might turn into or whatever um, and how maybe they didn't lose the trade that badly but it's not even about value necessarily it's about like what does this team look like and I think allowing okay I take a left here I think a team with just, like, fewer people in the way of Anthony Edwards while he's still growing was always going to be a better idea. And we mortgaged the future on on Anthony Edwards, like, when he was still a few years out from being really, really relevant. Um, 
I'm not sure Cat, even even in the best case scenario, that Cat and Anthony Edwards were ever going to be at the same sort of really high level at the same time. Um, because Edwards came into the league at 19, he still needs time to figure it out, and Cat plays soft. He's only going to get softer as he gets older, you know. I just don't think it's... Um, I think it's kind of ironic that like kind of all the Minnesota sports teams are at the same time where it's just like really good options on the on the team, seemingly really good players, but the windows don't really make sense. Um, or at least in the Twins' case, they should make sense, but it just isn't happening. We're in the window right now, and it's not happening. Um, I think the window makes the least sense for the Timberwolves but also the Timberwolves have maybe the best player. So, and in the NBA, the best player is kind of all you need to keep a window open um, because people want to go play with him. Now, do they want to go play with him in Minnesota? I'm not sure, but um, I guess we'll have to see. But it is cool to have Edwards, in theory, becoming a player of that caliber um, pretty quickly and even like a year ago it seemed like or a year and a half ago it seemed like okay well Edwards is going to be really good but Jaw's going to be really good and Zion's going to be really good so is, is there going to be room and obviously Tatum's really good already like is there going to be room for him to even be that kind of guy um, if he has to be better than these guys to even do it Um, the nice thing is Jock can't keep his gun off Instagram live And it's causing problems for him Obviously the Zion thing is happening to Zion And we don't really know what's going on there In terms of like his weight But um, as, as long as Anthony Edwards Keeps his head down And doesn't let that kind of thing happen to him I think um, It's going to be really good I'm just not sure it's going to be really good with Kat and Rudy. And I think it might have been even better if we didn't get rid of some of the things we got rid of to get Kat or to get Rudy. Anyway, that's Timberwolves. Um, we'll be back with the Wild in a minute. That uh, water break was brought to you by, I don't know who should be, uh, Zip Recruiter. I just feel like I feel like a lot of, I hear a lot of podcast ads from Zip Recruiter. Um, okay, north to Washington, that's the one. Why are these turns so sharp? Why? All right, um, the Minnesota Wild. I know nothing about the Minnesota Wild. Um, this Kaprizov dude seems pretty good. Um, and that was the Minnesota Wild segment. That's all I got. I know nothing. I've never known anything about hockey. So that's not that's not an Italy thing. That's just kind of... That's just how it is. And yeah. Um, thank you for tuning into the... Uh, Inter Allen show.
should I have like a post segment? Oh, that's actually a good idea. Wait, 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 wait. I just thought of something. I just thought of something. This is the post game brought to you by Alan Post. Intern Alan, get it? Post. Post game. Um, anyway, uh, okay, what should the post game be? I feel like it should be something like not about sports or something. Because, like, after we talk about the games, post game. Um, don't have a topic for that though. Or, I feel like, um, I feel like I gotta think about this for a second. What should the post game be? Oh, okay. This probably isn't that funny or that interesting, but you know what the you know what's the worst when you're driving, like say twelve hours in one day, and just for like four straight hours it's two lane road both lanes are full on the interstate everybody's going like 80 so I'm going like 85 but no open road ever you just go from like group of cars to group of cars if you try to pass and if you don't then you're going like just stuck between the same three cars for hours on end you don't get to relax you don't get to like throw on the cruise control and just chill. It's just straight like having to pay attention to driving for hours on end. Then they throw in a little construction. All of a sudden the two lanes are like thinner or there's less margin for error. So you're like freaking out just a little bit more. It's not like I was freaking out. It's just like really not a vibe to just sit there and have to pay attention to your driving like closely for two hours straight two three hours straight it's so boring so unbelievably boring because you can't really let your mind wander or listen closely to whatever you're listening to or like i couldn't do this like it's getting a little busy now and i should probably stop i should probably sign off on this little podcast but um i couldn't have done this for those two hours because it was just like i'd be like oh 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 gotta get around this car every two seconds um um but how why can't I look at the directions maybe it is like this actually maybe maybe this is exactly what I'm describing it's just what's happening right now okay I have to stay on here for 48 miles like shouldn't be hard to do um and then of course there's this some guy that's just like, yeah, I'm going to go way faster than everybody. It's just, maybe that's me, honestly, but, um, just going like 95, pulling up to every group and it's just like zipping in between them. I was like, dude, chill out. And then there's a person that's going way slower than everybody else. I mean, that was kind of a bad post game, but I'm like, if I ever do this podcast again, which the odds are, I'll probably never do that. Actually, it was kind of fun. Hmm. I'm just thinking realistically what I ever do in my day-to-day life. Honestly, maybe. Maybe if I have like an hour drive here and there, which I do a lot living in Miami. Um, 
and actually I will a lot when I'm in New York for the next month I'll have like an hour commute every day so maybe I'll do this like once a, once a week and post it on Loon State Sports I don't know if I can post it on the actual podcast app or Spotify or whatever I don't know how that works um, also probably nobody will listen but maybe I will just for fun just to give me something to do on these drives um Oh, I know what I can talk about in the post game. My golf game. I have to play golf at Loon Beast's um, at Loon Beast bachelor party with Loon Megs and Loon Schmidt and uh, other Loons. Uh, Slim Loon and Loon Mush are not. Well, Slim Loon's going to be there, but he's not going to be golfing. But I play golf with the Loons. Um, next weekend at Loon Beast Bachelor Party. And I haven't played since before I left for Italy. And the day before I left, or like the last round I played before I left, I played absolutely horribly. Like really bad, like shanking everything, like decelerating on full swings, just like completely forgot the game, completely forgot how to play. Um just like pretty hopeless um like I was playing a scramble with my friend who doesn't play golf who like isn't good at all and we were taking some of her shots just because mine were so like errant like she'd hit it like maybe 100 yards straight I'd hit it 200 yards sideways and we'd be like alright well we're taking your shot like over and over again because um, I was playing that badly. Anyway, I had to play golf at this bachelor party, and sneaky, I was hoping because I live in Miami, I can play golf year round. Um, I was hoping that I would come back in the summer and like be good because I've been playing all year. You guys don't get to play all year because you live in in the Midwest. Um, And that, like, I would have some kind of advantage. Now I haven't played for months. Last time I played, I was horrible. And, like, this is prime golf season in Minnesota and North Dakota. So, like, everybody's playing. And probably playing decent. At least they're in shape by now from the from the winter. <clears throat> so I'm not... I've gotten myself to be, like, a decent golfer the past year or two. Where I'm, like, not embarrassing to be out there with. I'm worried I'm going to be a little bit embarrassing to be out there with um, this weekend. Not this weekend, this coming weekend. I wish it was this weekend. But, um, yeah, I'm worried I'm going to be – I'm worried it's going to be bad. I might try to sneak it around in New York because I did bring my – I'm driving up, obviously, so I have my clubs in the trunk. Um, I might try to sneak it around before I fly in. Or I can maybe sneak it around the day I land – before I have to play in the bachelor, at the bachelor party. But, um, yeah, it's really inconsistent with the golf. It's, it's frustrating. It's how the game is. Anyway, that was a better post game. That was more interesting than whatever my traffic talk was. Um, yeah, it'll be a thing. It's going to be a thing. The Al Post Show, it's going to be a thing, okay? Um, if you're uh, watching this or listening to this, I guess, 
on LoonStateSports.com. Leave a leave a smile. I don't know. I don't know if we have a comments. Do we have a comments section? I think we probably do. Um, leave something in the comments to let me know that you listened to the whole thing. So I'll see if anybody actually did it. My guess is probably not. If you are listening to this, oh, I guess you could just like text me because mostly everybody that goes on Loose State Sports probably has my number. So just uh, text me. Um, text me like the brain emoji if you listen to the whole thing. All right. How long was that podcast? Sheesh, hour and 40. Just talking to myself. Be a little bit more self-centered. All right. Um, that's it. Bye.